Have you come to the point in your life where doing that work, church, home, repeat just isn't working for you anymore and you know there's got to be more to life than this? Then girl, you've come to the right place. I'm Kimberly Knight and this is The Physician Podcast. As a certified coach, consultant, author, and speaker, I've had the privilege of helping women to position themselves for success in life, love, and business. So if you're ready for some wisdom wrapped up in a little bit of girlfriend, join me and other experts each week as we give you the conversation, coaching, and keys you need to take you to your next steps. Welcome to the Positioned Podcast. I am your host, Kimberly Knight. And today I am going to tell you my own position for love story and why I was unnecessarily single and you don't have to be. So as most of you know, I was married a few weeks after I left college, two kids and 10 years of marriage later, I was divorced after my ex-husband's infidelity. And um, I made the decision not to pursue any relationships. I felt like I didn't have enough to do with a myriad of things I was doing and raise my children the way I wanted to. I mean, I went on, I earned a grad degree. I went back at certifications for coaching. I wrote a book. I helped to care for my dad who had a very long-term debilitating illness until he went home to Jesus. I led multiple ministries. I mentored girls from 13 to 25, worked full-time. I was an adjunct, had a business. Then my mom got sick. I took care of her for a long time. And I just felt like I didn't have enough to do those things and give the man the kind of attention he wanted without something suffering. So I decided to put that on hold. And I did for like 10 years. Now, in conjunction with that, it took me 10 years to heal from this devastating divorce. I, at the time that my ex-husband and I separated, I was a divorce paralegal. I practiced marriage and family law. So I was a divorce paralegal and we lived in the county where I worked. So when we went before the judge, to get this divorce, it was the judge that I would appear before in my other cases, right? So everyone, everyone knew our business, everything from our finances to our sex life. I was devastated. I was embarrassed. And my ex-husband and his lawyer did everything they could to humiliate me and put our business out there because they knew these were my colleagues. So they did everything they could to stick it to me. I have to tell you, I was so embarrassed, so embarrassed. I was so hurt. And it took me close to a decade to recalibrate. Now, I wish I could tell you that I was so close with the Lord that I didn't battle depression, but I did. And that I was so deep that I saw my way out. I didn't. And my best friend asked me, are you ever going to be okay? And at the time, I told her, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. All this time later, I can say, yes, I am going to be okay, but I will forever be changed. It's what we would now call the new normal, but I didn't have words for it at that time, but I didn't think I was ever really going to be able to fully be myself. I didn't even know who myself was. I had too much of myself wrapped up in that relationship. And when it went bad, it just, I didn't know me and I didn't know how to get me back. Fast forward 10 years and I'm doing all this stuff and I'm having all this and we're going towards like 12 years, 13 years, haven't been with a man, haven't dated. 
raising my children. My children are now over 18. My son has met the girl he plans to marry. And my daughter's on her way to college. And, you know, my mom is older. She's ill. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to get a life. I've got to get a life. And I just started feeling restless. I started feeling this vague feeling of something is missing, something is wrong. And at the same time, I am feeling what I am thinking at the time is lust. And I am praying and fasting and calling it out and just crying out to God. And it will not leave. This went on for months and it would not leave. It would not lift. It would not change. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I called my spiritual mom and finally after being so off kilter for so long and so scared that I was going to fall or that I was going to do something that didn't please God. And I called her and I'm crying and I'm snotting. And, you know, I'm talking about when you're crying for real, not that cute little cry where you're dabbing your eyes. I'm talking about snot and tears everywhere. Yeah, like that, where you can't even breathe. And you're like, (gasps) yeah, like that where you're telling your story and it doesn't make any bit of sense, but that person knows you so well that they can connect the dots like that. (laughs) So after a while and I calm down and I'm, you know, I've gotten all that off my chest and these months of agony and just, just upheaval in my spirit and my soul, right? I've gotten all that out. And she says to me, honey, (laughs) when she calls me, honey, I know she's getting ready to tell me a hard truth. So I'm bracing myself and she says, honey, you don't need deliverance. You need a husband. I'll be praying for you. Click, hung up the phone. She said, I said what I said and hung up the phone. Whoa, ma'am, did I hear you right? Do my ears deceive me? I have to tell you, I wrestled with that thing probably close to a year because that was not at all what I thought that was going to be. And I was going back and forth. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Let this man not think he would get anything from the Lord, right? That also goes for a sister who is single, who can't make up her mind whether or not she wants to be married. So during that time, I was just trying to wrap my head around being married again. I mean, I had just started stabilizing from the last one. Like, I'm like, I don't know about that. That's a lot of work. And uh, what if, what if, what if? Uh, Yes, I want to be married. No, I don't want to be married. Yes, I want to be married. Oh, hmm. Anyway. When I finally decided that I did want to be married, I said, okay, God, I will do this if it serves a kingdom purpose. And if there's no purpose for your kingdom, it's not going to benefit your kingdom in any way. I don't want to do it. It's too much work. And he, God in all his graciousness, didn't say anything. I'm so grateful because, you know, his mercies is because of them that we're not consumed because, you know, I'm telling God what he has to do. Hallelujah. So at that time, I started praying, kill it or fill it. I don't care what you do. Kill it or fill it. You can kill the desire for a husband and then let me be okay with being single, right? And really be okay, not just giving lip service to it. Or you can fill it with a great husband who we fill a kingdom purpose for you and to your glory. I don't care what you do. Kill it or fill it, God. Totally your choice. Now, once I decided I wanted to get married, nothing happened. I mean, organically, I had some real strange encounters, men blocking my car in. I had a guy chase me around like in the parking lot of a grocery store. I mean, just bizarre, 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 bizarre. There was nobody in my organic, like that for me to meet organically because 
there were no men. The industry that I worked in at that time, it was mostly female, like 95% female. My church, the only single men were either out of my age range or part of the prison ministry, right? And because of what I was doing at the time, working with children in vulnerable populations, I could not have someone who had a criminal record in my home because they would do background checks. So I couldn't have someone in my home who had a criminal record. So that was out. So I'm like, okay, God, well, what am I going to do? And I was having this conversation with my pastor's wife and she recommended online dating. And uh, I didn't like that. I really didn't want to do that. Our youth leader at the time had met and married her husband and had a great relationship online shortly before that. So um, she's like, consider it. So on her recommendation, I tried it and woo, y'all wait for the book because that some of the things that I encountered, I said, do Lord remember me. Hmm. Yeah, I really am going to put those things in the book. <laughs> but I tried this for a while and I'm like, God, what is going on? Why am I not making any progress? And he said some words that forever changed my life. Two words, two words changed my life. He said, unnecessarily single, unnecessarily single. He says, you are single because you don't know how to handle a man, meet a man, talk to a man, how to build intimacy without sex. He said, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. They also stay single for the same reason. My people perish for the lack of knowledge and they also stay single for the same reason. I said, whoa. So that's when he began to show me I needed to build my village, right? I had this strong village that helped me raise my children, but I did not have a village that would help me meet my future husband. So I had to be deliberate about building my village. And I am going to put the link to my episode on building your village in the show notes. So I hired a coach and she really helped me. So I went from a few smatherings of some freaks in my mail, (laughs) in my inbox of my online dating profile to a plethora of opportunities and some very interesting characters, definitely have to put that in the book, to some really great prospects. And some of them were great, but they weren't great for me. So I'm still fasting. I'm praying. I'm talking to the Lord. I'm accountable to my accountability partners. And I'm having fun. And I'm looking cute because I tell y'all all the time, two packs of hair will change your life, honey. So I'm looking cute. I'm feeling confident. I'm having fun, sort of. I'm getting quantity, but not necessarily quality all the time. In addition to my new hairstylist (laughs) and my coach, I had my accountability partners. I had my prayer warriors. Listen, get yourself some intercession, people. I had my spiritual mom and one of the ladies at the church who were praying for me. And this woman, the second intercessor I had, she had this wonderful marriage. They had been married more than, I think, like 60 years or something like that at the time. And they were still smooching in the mall. And I wanted that. And I remember telling her that. And she said, I'm going to pray. And a few months went by and she came to me and she did this in the beginning of the service. So like people were standing around. She didn't care. She said, Kim, I'm praying. God is on the throne. What are you doing? Why? Why are you not married yet? Like I can order one from the catalog or something like that. I said, I don't know, D. I don't know what's going on. Can you tell me what's going on. She said, I don't know, but I'm going to go back and pray a little differently. She came back in two weeks and she said, "Hmm, your husband, yeah, he lives in a different state. 
I call our men from the east, the west, the north, and the south. I say, give him up. Whether he's got to get here by a plane, a train, a car, we don't care. You can walk from Florida for all we care. You just need to come and you need to come now in Jesus' name, amen. She says, I'm done. That's it. Ma'am? All right. Let's fast forward. So I, <laughs> after all that time, I now, I'm praying. Two weeks go by. My son wants to have a Super Bowl party. I'm like, I don't know. I love my quiet Sunday afternoons. I don't know. But I'm also feeling from the Lord that he wants me to spend some private time. He wants me to spend some private time with him. I sense the urging to come into his presence. You know, when God calls you and you know he wants to commune with you, he wants to talk to you in a different way. Because I mean, you should be doing that all the time, but this is different. This was different. I knew he was calling me. He was calling me in and I said, okay, I'll let him have the party and I'm going to go rent a hotel room that night. And I did. And I had this great dinner and I go back, I open my Bible, I'm sitting in the chair and I drift off to sleep and I'm awakened about three, four o'clock in the morning. The lights were still on and I'm still sitting there in my clothes upright in the chair. Like I never got in the bed and I wake up with this urge to pray. Now, for those of you who are intercessors, you'll understand that intercessory urge you get and you pray through until it lifts. Well, this was for my friend's ex-husband who I hadn't heard from or of for years. And I began to intercede for him until that lifts. And it was a while. This is five o'clock in the morning now and it lifts and I begin to talk to him. Hmm. Father, I don't get it. You call me all the way out here to intercede for him? Are you serious right now? Because I could have interceded for him at home. Yeah. Like I said, it's because of his mercies, we are not consumed. Well, when I say the spirit of God filled that room and hit me so hard, I will never, ever forget it. I can literally see the layout of the room right now. And that was 2016. Wow. God said, you're not going to be unnecessarily single. You need to leave your job. You are going to now live a life that you love and that you don't feel like you have to escape from. It is time for you to live John 10, 10. And he told me to leave my full-time job and to go into consulting and entrepreneurship. That was February. April, I made that move. I want to backtrack a little bit because in November, my spiritual mom had called me and also said, your husband is right around the corner, begin to prepare for marriage. And I, um, again, was like, ma'am, <laughs> while I was happy, I was also nervous. So when God said to me that he was coming and he would come quickly, I was just like, okay. I had no idea that I would meet him as soon as I did because I literally met him the next day, but I digress. I had had some encounters with online dating and that last one with Bishop Bizarro, I was just like, no, I just, no, I'm done with this online dating thing. So he had already told me I was going to meet my husband. So I was like, I don't think online dating is it for me anymore. I had a meeting with my pastor's wife that day and I said to her, I'm going to take down my profile because it's too crazy. And I was describing some of the things I was experiencing. And when I left the meeting at the church, I went home to take my profile down. And it was very uncharacteristic at this point because my village was so strong. I was getting a lot of attention and a lot of date offers or conversation or coffee offers. And there was only one in my box. And I said, oh, that's the devil. That's just the devil. They are trying to tempt me not to take this down. Mm. 
I'm not going to give into that, but curiosity got the best of me. And I opened this email and there was my, what we now know is my future husband's email to me. And it was so well-written and he was so polite and so, I don't know, there was just something about it that just made me go, hmm. It also didn't hurt that I saw him in his picture in all of his academic regalia, which had doctoral stripes. And see, I know my robes, girls. He had those doctoral stripes on his sleeve. I said, oh, an educated man. Oh, he can conjugate a verb. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Sure did. (laughs) So yeah, we started talking and the rest is history. I'm going to tell a little bit more about that in my next episode on our newlywed time. But what was really interesting is there were so many times during our courtship, which was short, it was brief from the time we met until the time we got married was eight months, eight months. (laughs) So it was short, but my village was strong and my village really helped me along the way. And I can say that if it was not for my village, I would still be unnecessarily single. So I had my coach, I had my hairstylist, girls, get you one of those. I had my accountability partners, my intercessors. I had my friends, because you just need a girlfriend who's going to, you know, smell your flowers with you and enjoy your Godiva candy. Yes, you still owe me candy, by the way. You know who you are. You need all of that in your village. And I was blessed to be able to build that village. And now I'm blessed to be able to build that village for other women. And I really look forward to that. Now, I wish I could say, and then everything went smoothly. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. Our newlywed season was (laughs) a hot mess, but that's another episode. So if you can identify with any of these, you might be unnecessarily single too. So to be unnecessarily single is to be single beyond what should be your single season. To be unnecessarily single means to remain single for reasons unknown to you when every other aspect of your life seems to be in order, right? So you got a great job, you got your own home, you got your own car, you're doing your thing and you have no one to share it with. To be unnecessarily single means to be single after several near misses. So I'm talking about broken engagements, long-term relationships that went nowhere. I know a women who lived with men for a decade got saved and that relationship ended up breaking up and they haven't been able to get married all these years later. Or you misunderstand that any version of unmarried is single. So you may be unnecessarily single if you think that living together is not single. Like, I don't know why we think that. If you're not married, there's been no ceremony, you haven't gone in front of the judge, the pastor or whomever, and you're living together, you're in a domestic partnership, you're dating seriously, you're talking about engagement, you're friends with benefits, you're sex buddies, it's complicated. You're in a long-term committed relationship, you're still single. You're not married, you are single. So all these variations, when we think that, you know, I'm taken. Yeah, taken where? If there hasn't been a ceremony, we're still single. Anything that keeps you in limbo, you're still single. Anything that keeps you entangled, you're still single. And sometimes unnecessarily so. 
You may be unnecessarily single if you're hanging on to a guy, even though you clearly know he is not the one, right? He's not Mr. Right. He's just Mr. Right now. And you're clear on that. You may be unnecessarily single if you think that some piece of man is better than no man. So you get a straggler. And what I call stragglers are guys who, they're sort of like seat fillers at the award shows. You know, they never want empty seats at the award shows. So they'll actually hire actors to dress up in evening attire to fill in the empty seats. And sometimes we do the same things because we don't want to feel the sting of our singleness, but that will keep you unnecessarily single. And lastly, you might be unnecessarily single if you expend a lot of energy and effort fighting off physical and sexual cravings because you are single beyond the season and you're really now in the season where you should be in a committed marriage as part of your covenant, you're having sex and your desires for sex are being satisfied within the covenant of marriage, right? So if you're unnecessarily single and you're single beyond your season, you like me may be unnecessarily single and having all these urges or even falling, right? Falling into sexual sin because this is your season to be married, not your season to be single. So those are some things that you may want to look out for in your own life that father helped me to identify that were keeping me unnecessarily single. And if you identify with any of those things, I want to help you because you don't have to stay there, right? If you are unnecessarily single and you want to position yourself for love, I'm here for you. I am here for you and I really want to work with you. I am going to put in the chat the link to my Position for Love cohort. Now, this cohort starts very, very soon, so don't delay. And I will be working with ladies who are ready to stop embracing their singleness and start positioning themselves for love. And so far, we've had a wedding and two engagements in the last seven months. So I cannot guarantee results, but what I can guarantee is that I will do my best, do my best to help you position yourself for love. All right. As always, I am here. Would love to hear from you. My contact information is in the show notes, along with the resources I've mentioned during our time together. Until next time, be wonderfully blessed. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening so you never miss one. I would love it if you would share the podcast with your friends, post about it on Facebook and Instagram, or leave a review. That way you can help me to bring you more great content and expert guests. Until next week, be blessed. Be blessed.